0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen um, of the nine to five athlete. I am going to basically take you guys through a private podcast episode. um, on, It's quite a deep dive. That's why I've called it alcohol deep dive. Um, It's not what I'm going to be doing this weekend, although I will be having an alcohol deep dive this weekend. Let's be absolutely honest. Um, It's my best mate's wedding this weekend. um, So that should be very fun. I might put this out to the to the wider public on Spotify at some point but for just now um, I'm not necessarily recording any new podcasts well I am recording new podcasts but they're not coming out for another month I'm having a little break from the podcast to, to basically um, build up a few episodes um, so I can post them without having to film them on the month um, so it's going to be a bit sciencey and um, admittedly there's not a lot of positives here we're basically going to go into the effects of alcohol how it affects our brain how it affects our body how it affects our gut Um, how can we essentially help us a little touch on hangovers and um, how can we kind of negate the the effects of what you would call it's called do you know hangover malaise and um, there's a really fancy name for a hangover but i can't remember it's like post-alcohol malaise or something like that was another word um but basically a lot of this is taken from andrew huberman's um two-hour podcast that i spent listening to the other day and um, a lot of stuff on that podcast is is, is stuff i already know and um, he kind of just went into the technicalities basically went into the studies which prove this kind of stuff um, and and If you are planning on having a beer tonight, I guarantee this podcast will make you probably think twice about it. Um, But the purpose of this podcast isn't to scare you; it isn't to tell you not to not to drink anymore. And it is just for you to understand the effects of the drinking that you're doing right now. And I've recently kind of been thinking about it, and I've been doing a lot of research into alcohol and drinking and the the psychology behind why we drink. And I've actually been looking into like individuals that have adopted um sobriety, which is just being sober like, infinitely, like not drinking anymore. And I can I'm beginning to relate to it more and more now. Call me a bore bastard if you want, but this is my reasoning behind it. So for a lot of people and for me in the past, Alcohol was my escape. Alcohol was what I wanted to do at the weekend. I was desperate for a drink by the time I finished the week. It helped me socialize. It helped me be confident. Um, It helped me kind of get rid of that low self esteem that I had. When I had a drink in me, I wasn't worried about what people thought about me. I wasn't worried about what I said. Um, I was much more confident speaking to girls. Um, I was generally just. A f- more fun person like a lot of people i almost lived these two lives and there was actually an ongoing joke that i was ryan when i was sober and i was brian when i was drunk because they were two completely different people like brian was this fucking outgoing guy who just like everyone found hilarious and like he was just brilliant and he just did the most wacky shit like when i was in australia i think i ad- I, I think i adopted the name brian when i was in australia and some of the guys that i lived with from manchester basically called me brian um, and it stuck for quite a while <clears throat> Brian was just this guy who just got blootered all the time and um, oh, some of the things I did when I was in Australia I was just like that wasn't me like, I mean it was it was good fun I would, wouldn't take it back and there was one time I jumped on a train by accident and um, I was, wasn't planning on going anywhere but I jumped on a train in Sydney and the trains in Sydney are absolutely mental like they just go in a million different directions and I ended up actually around about, about 60 kilometers not was it 60 kilometers south in a place called Cronulla um, and woke up, came, like just got my wits about me. I was like, where the fuck am I? I woke up on a beach and I recognized the place because I'd been there before. Um, And yeah, that was the kind of shit I was doing um, when I was Brian. So that's a little bit of a tangent. Just thought you'd like to know that interesting story. Um, I have done some strange things when I've been drunk. But the point of this is I now understand... And I can see the point of individuals that say they don't drink or don't drink very often. I used to think that was the weirdest thing in the world. Like, You don't drink? What do you mean you don't drink? And a lot of people still adopt this attitude. When you say you don't want to drink or when you say you're not drinking, people are a bit like, why are you being boring? But it's not the point. Like, If I was going to rationalize it to you, why I would maybe decide not to have a drink on a Sunday night. It's all down to values and it's all down to what you find important in your life. A lot of the times there's like a balancing act to be done in your head. What's more important right now to me? Is it having this drink? Is it having 10 drinks? Is it getting absolutely steaming with your mates? Or is it your ability to feel reasonable on Sunday, to feel good on Sunday, to be able to go and do something and then to wake up on Monday with loads of energy, allowing you to then go and operate at your highest level, train really well, provide for your business, your career, your boss your own business, obviously for myself, Monday's a big day for me. I do check-ins with my clients. If I turn up to that day with low energy, low motivation, and I'm just generally still hungover, I offer a much less effective service to my clients. And that is not what I want to do. So sometimes I've got to do a balancing act and I've got to say, okay, I would rather be operating at 100% for my clients on Monday morning than having this extra drink. And again, people will have this balancing act all the time, like people that have kids, people that have an important job, um, and <clears throat> excuse me, people that that have something that is more important than getting drunk on a Saturday night. And people still don't understand that they're like especially the one with people having kids, they're like, Oh, it's boring, it doesn't come out anymore, he's had kids. It's not that he's boring, he just values his time with his kids more than going out and getting pissed. It's not that he doesn't he doesn't like his friends anymore it's not that he he's doesn't kind of want to like he just finds things more important so it's important to understand that um but let's go into the to the specifics of alcohol so what is alcohol alcohol an alcoholic drink is a drink that contains ethanol a type of alcohol that acts as a drug is produced by fermentation and grains of fruits and other sources of sugar so it's like um it's essentially like a substance. <clears throat> it's a drug. Um, it is addictive. Alcohol, as we all know, like the more often you drink, the more often you want to drink. Um, There's seven calories per gram um, per gram of alcohol. There's seven calories, which is almost, almost as much as fat. It's more than carbohydrates and it's more than protein. Um, alcoholic calories are empty calories. There is next to no nutritional value in alcohol and um, it essentially doesn't offer any nutritious nutritional value it just essentially goes into all the depths of your bloodstream and yeah doesn't help in much way I and mean, a lot of people use the argument that oh but sugar's good like if i've just finished a game of football i need to re- replenish the the sugar in my body but alcohol essentially cancels any of that effect out um, it doesn't work like that Um, when we talk about alcohol intake as well it's like it's important to understand like what um, what would be classified as a a, I don't like to use the word good and bad but what would be classified as chronic alcohol intake now when you think of the word chronic you think chronic illness you think of things that are quite bad. You think chronic is quite a bad word, but chronic alcohol intake is classified as anything from like one to two drinks a night or the the equivalent at the weekend. So you could not touch a drink all the way up until Saturday and then have 14 drinks on a Saturday. Um, That would be classified as chronic alcohol intake. And it's important for us to kind of note that right now, because a lot of study around the alcohol is done with that number in mind. um, Because it is a controllable number. Like it's a number where you're not going to see incredibly negative health effects. If you're asking someone to drink double that, you're at risk of then causing really negative health effects. And if you ask someone to drink 24 drinks each week, um, then, you know, there could be danger with that as well. Um, how many of us are drinking 14 drinks a week? A uh, fucking lot of us. And um, I would argue I'm probably. On average, drinking blah, 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 half of that, um, six drinks a week. But then there's the occasional week where I'm maybe going a big one. Um, so on average, it's probably just be- it's probably below that chronic intake number. Um, but look, you know, some people that are drinking three, four times a week. Um, a lot of the evidence within the research that I've done has not we've not looked at um, like alcoholics. We've not looked at um, people that are drinking like three times a week and they're binging, um, alcohol and they're waking up absolutely still steaming. Um, that is something that when we're talking today, it's going to be like, okay, think about the negative health effect that I've just spoke about. And think about now, if we're doubling that intake, the effect is then going to be sped up and the effect is going to be heavier then. So that's something to note. And it's important to note right now, like where do you, are you class, would you classify yourself as in that chronic intake? So negative effects of alcohol good god there's a few um within this podcast there was basically a well within the research that i did there was a there was an argument is there is there actually any positive health effects to to alcohol intake Um, unfortunately there's not uh, it's the one that gets kind of brought up every now and again you see it pop up on facebook sometimes it's like one glass of wine a night will make you healthier um oh god i've forgotten the name of the compound that's in wine um, it's a, a fancy name thing i should really remember i had it written down somewhere and um, basically there's a compound in in red wine that essentially it could bring around positive health benefits however you would need to be drinking like two bottles every single night to gain the the substance from the red wine that would bring the positive health effect um, and you could safely say that the negative um, effect of two bottles of wine would probably outweigh the the benefit of that healthy um, kind of benefit that you get from the red wine. So that's a load of bullshit. <clears throat> Don't believe that. Let's talk about some of the normal, like the, just the, the things we know. Tiredness from lack of sleep, fogginess, stress, cortisol level stresses, cortisol levels. Your cortisol levels will obviously spike directly after drinking. Um, And then if you are a consistent chronic drinker, baseline cortisol levels will be higher. So your daily stress will actually be elevated if you are a consistent drinker. Um, Actual, that's a fancy word, but neuroplasticity of the brain. So your neural pathways in your brain um, are open to to essentially be altered. Um, You can alter the the function of your brain you can alter the neural pathways of your brain so the way that you think and um, the way that your brain works um, you can alter this in a positive way like so if you've spent your whole um, childhood on learning and um, going to school and then you go to college and then you go to uni your brain is like a muscle that changes it alters over time and it learns and um, so you create new neural pathways you can create new connections you become smarter you become more knowledgeable and you become a deeper thinker um, but on the other side, consistent drinking of alcohol can alter the neural pathways in your brain in a negative sense, and um, which is quite a scary thing to think about, to be honest, but it's, it's obvious, um, just general brain function, the way that you think, um, what are the main kind of negative effects that we don't usually think about when we're drinking is leaky gut and inflammation of the, of, of like the, of the gut and, and digestion, um, the way that we kind of digest food is massively affected and when we talk about leaky gut this is essentially when bad bacteria and kind of leaks out from the gut and it goes into our bloodstream and it's also when good bacteria um is just disc- excreted out of the body so the good bacteria that we get in our gut from the foods that we eat and from the the healthy things that we drink and um, are basically like, well, just think about this. Like when, have you watched the film before and Liam Neeson, he's got a cut or he's been stabbed or something like that. And he gets a bottle of vodka and pours it on the cut and goes, like it's sore as fuck. There's a reason he pours vodka on it. It's because it kills the bacteria. So when you're slamming down tequilas in the club and and that goes into your gut, you're killing the good bacteria in your gut that's, that's meant to stay there. It's meant to be housed in your gut keep everything healthy. So if you kill that, then we can see things like indigestion, acid reflux, and we're not utilizing nutrients as best as we could. So the next day, then we'll be going put something nice into our body or something healthy, something nutritious. And we're not utilizing the nutrients in there quite as much. It's the same with consistent drinking, like if you're a consistent drinker, your gut is not going to be anywhere near as healthy as it would be if you want. Um again, the gut brain liver axis is something I kind of i mean kind of recently took a deep dive into it. it's it's all connected the gut um people can kind of use the phrase like it's the second brain um there's a lot of messages sent through neurons and sent through um all these other technical things i'd say technical things i can't remember the name um and the liver as well obviously the liver is the thing that kind of gets the alcohol first so the liver then basically sends a message to the gut the gut sends a message to the brain um and you kind of disrupt that whole process. And once alcohol arrives in the liver, um, it does, like, as I said before, it breaks down the good bacteria and it leaks the bad stuff into the bloodstream. And what it also does is is by putting alcohol into the liver, you actually create this effect where it goes into the liver, it goes into the gut. And then because everything's all connected, there's a message that's sent up to the brain again, which essentially allows it essentially just tells a message of we need more alcohol. Like it's just like an alcoholic it becomes reliant on alcohol. This is why the message is so powerful with alcoholics. Like the message is just basically reinforced so much that it goes liver, gut, brain. We need more alcohol. we have drink, we drink alcohol. We need more alcohol. Like how often do you like, you go out at the weekend, you have a big one and you're like, I'm never going out again. Fuck that. Fuck that. And then by the weekend, you're like, Oh, gasping for a pint. I need a pint. Um, like if I stay off it or I don't drink for like four weeks, on the fifth week I'm not really wanting to drink more than I would be because that kind of message is is almost like it's, it's kind of it's dead. It's kind of just it's not there quite as much. Um, and then the simple things like we are more we break down our immune system, so like we're more open to getting spots, coughs, colds, bugs. We we'll just pick up things so much easier um, because. At the end of the day, like you're putting alcohol into your body, alcohol in its um its most derived form, like, is poison. It's it's poisonous. Like you are breaking down all the the well functioning parts of your body with alcohol. Um, again, not looking to demonize alcohol here, not looking to put you off drinking altogether, but it's just important to know what you're actually doing with alcohol. And yeah, there's this argument that um alcohol is just as bad as like cocaine it's just as bad as like any sort of drug but it's just because it's so readily available and it's so um it's so normalized that people just go out and drink it every single weekend and people go to pubs and it's just been around for so long that people kind of they don't even think about these negative health effects but I think especially in the UK it's just so common for people to just be absolutely slamming drink down their throat every single weekend maybe more than once a week um and it's generally not doing you any favors um like with you could start the argument about like why not legalize drugs and stuff like that and or why not <laughs> make alcohol like or why not do it the other way around why not make alcohol like a like a, a legalized system or something like that but we've seen what happened with prohibition in, in the u.s and way back and that didn't really work did it so I don't think that's going to be the answer, um, and I don't, hope, and I hope it's not. So, when we think about the difference between chronic drinkers and people that just drink every now and again, um, and we think about the differences with those two people, and we think about like alcoholics and stuff like that, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you should probably know. So, this won't really come as a shock to people, but it is a fact that I just kind of about. Oh, that makes sense. So. Those who drink a lot, those who drink often—at least once to twice a week—actually enjoy drinking more. They get the sensation, um, they get the the serotonin, the the dopamine spike from drinking, and it lasts longer. They get more of a buzz. They want to keep going. They don't get as much tiredness, and they keep going and they peak, peak. They keep going like throughout the night. And you think, how are these people still going? Um, but it's because they are just like they're accustomed to that, and they get more of a buzz off of alcohol those who drink less who these people that go out maybe like every once a month they're less adapted to alcohol so they get tired quicker they lose motivation they just generally look like they want to sleep you know this guy and i'm probably this guy like i'm speaking about myself everyone else who goes out every single weekend and you bring that mate comes along he doesn't come out very often you like, hey here he is here he is and then he does like he has like five drinks and you can see him like his eyes go and he's nodding off give this guy a break because this guy is less accustomed to alcohol. He will get tired. He, she will get tired quicker. They will lose motivation for alcohol and they will find it harder to keep going. And this is why these guys trapped over it. Um, because they just get fucking knackered and they're not on the same level as people that drink all the time. Um, so give your, give your pals a break if they are this guy. Um, you can also be genetically predisposed to wanting to drink more. You can be pr- genetically predisposed to actually having a higher chance of being an alcoholic because of um, like hereditary, like through your parents or through your grandparents. And um, this is something I didn't actually know you can, there's for some people they are born with more chance of being an alcoholic. They're born with more chance of being able to drink more. And on the flip side, some people are born to be able to just not be able to hack their drink. You know, these people, they have a drink and they're like, like, you know, the people you give a tequila and they're like, well, oh, I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. And some people just slam them down and just go, Hey, get on with it um some people are predisposed to not want to drink more some people are predisposed to want to drink more um if you drank loads like at uni or you started drinking earlier or like environmental effects of like family influence so if your dad was a heavy drinker or your mom was a heavy drinker um or all your pals were a heavy drinker or you were brought up in a household where alcohol was just like everywhere um and all the parties at your house and stuff like that you're then again more predisposed to becoming a heavy drinker um another kind of scary fact and this one was just about oh shit is that true i really hope that's not true okay it's true shit um so say for example you are an individual that spent the whole of uni drinking three times a week for four years and absolutely smashed your body into the ground um there is then some like kind of long-lasting damage that is done to your brain um look, it's hard to quantify what this looks like. And it's hard to say, oh yeah, I know. This is what happened to me when I went to uni. Like, I just can't remember anything anymore. It's not necessarily like that. It's hard to know what is damaged if you don't know what could have been. So, oh, if you didn't drink through the whole of uni, you might've got straight A's the whole way through and you might've come out of it the smartest person in the world. It's not necessarily true. But if we drink for extended amounts of time, like in college and uni, or like for myself, when I went to Australia, I drank. The fucking country dry. Um, it's going to take around about. It's going to take six months plus of sobriety of no drinking to restore those neural pathways for your brain to basically repair itself. Um, arguably longer, but at least six months. Um, again, I'm quoting this from um, Andrew Huberman, um, which again is pretty scary. Like how, how many of us are going to be able to go six months without an alcoholic drink? Um, not easy. Not easy um this is another kind of misconception as well <clears throat> so again not looking to burst anyone's bubble not looking to be a boring twat and um, you've heard the phrase i'm just having a wee drink to wind down just having a wee drink to relax um i like this all the same like i love to have a beer every now and again just to like chill out just because a beer tastes nice and um, sometimes you've got to kind of go back to the fact that some drinking some alcoholic drinks just taste nice and that's all you need to take away from it. You don't need to think about all this deep, this deep, um, miserable stuff. But when having a little relaxing drink, even if it's just one, just if it's one before bed, what basically happens, especially if it's like things like wine, one, wine has caffeine in it, two, wine has alcohol in it. First of all, what that's going to do is it's going to affect sleep. Sleep is negatively affected after just one drink that's annoying <laughs> that's annoying i was annoyed to hear that quote you don't need to drink five you don't need to drink six yes you may feel a little bit more comatose. you might feel like i just go to sleep but your sleep is not as good the quality is not as good you won't wake up as well rested which again is annoying you won't get as much deep REM sleep the the kind of the architecture of your sleep in itself is actually kind of negatively affected which again so annoying but that's just how it works um and cortisol levels will temporarily go down while you maybe have that alcoholic drink but what will happen is past that drink when you wake up in the morning cortisol levels will be higher and baseline will go higher as well um so a good way to make your next day even more stressful is to drink the night before um so again will that make you do anything differently it certainly made me think about having a a beer in the house through the week when I know I've got to get up really early the next morning. And I like anecdotally found this as well, where I was like, you know what? Sometimes when I go out and just have like a couple of beers when I know I need to be up the next morning, you know, a couple of beers won't do any harm. I wake up feeling really shit. Like just a couple of beers just does me. And there's nothing positive comes of that for me anyway. I know everyone's different, but I will literally wake up and be like, fucking hell, I feel like I've been out all night. and So that's not something that I do anymore. So, um, yeah, so, so like when we try to stop drinking, like if you are someone that is trying to reduce the amount that you want to drink and um, you're trying to stop drinking quite as much, you're maybe now going just to one time a month or two times a month, that initial period of you stopping drinking so heavily, stress will initially be higher because your body becomes reliant, your body is a it's a creature of habit, it wants to kind of do the same things. Initially, there will be a spike in stress, a spike in cortisol, when you try to stop drinking. This is why people tend to struggle because maybe they've like, right, okay, I'm not drinking anymore. And they decide that on a Sunday when they're hungover, and then the rest of the week, they maybe have a stressful week at work. Um, And then they go, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna have a drink at the weekend. This is where you you really kill the cycle and you really you really won't be able to follow through with it. You need to almost be able to stop for two, three weeks for you to maintain this over a long period of time. Because if you fail at the first hurdle, it just gets harder and it just gets harder. Now, stopping drinking could look like, as I said, it could be going to one time a month. It could be going two times a month. It could be stopping altogether. It just depends who you are. Um, I'm actually tempted on trying. Um, in November to not touch one drink, um, just to see how I get on. Like I'm, truth be told, like quite a. I'm a consistent drinker. I've the numbers of that I drink are definitely went down the past couple of years. Like I drink nowhere near as much as I used to, but I used to be an incredibly heavy drinker. Like I used to drink every Saturday without fail. And sometimes I'd be going out on a Sunday as well, just for a few to watch the football, which I thought was harmless, but in reality it probably wasn't doing me any favors either. Um so like all I've noticed, and this is just again anecdotally, when I say the word anecdotally, that just means from my experience, anecdotally, like I have just been a happier, more productive, better person to be around since I've stopped drinking as much. Um look I'm like, probably if you were talking about the past couple of months, I've probably averaged to drink every single weekend, which is a bit um hypocrite, but it's a bit of a contradiction from what I'm saying. Um but I've most definitely stopped drinking so much and I've just felt 10 times better for it. So there, yeah, there becomes a problem with alcohol and there's a couple more negative effects I want to tell you about. Apologies for um, for just making everything sound pretty miserable, but something that you want to kind of have a think about, is like, can you actually have a good time without alcohol? Are you very reliant on alcohol as as a thing, like, when you go out, like, if you're going to a social situation... A social situation. um, Are you actually now enjoying yourself without a drink? Can you sit with someone and have a conversation without a drink? Because I think if you can't, it's it's a little bit worrying. Um, Again, I say this from experience. Like, I used to struggle big time having a conversation with someone without a drink. Just sit there, like, a little mute. Um, But it's something that I would... If you struggle with i would try it a couple of times see if you can actually go without a drink um because you don't want to become reliant on it obviously just like anything like your tolerance over time builds up like if you drink consistently you're going to be able to drink more and your tolerance builds up you end up spending more money every single night out you drink more and the negative health effects build up because your alcohol intake increases um another thing to kind of maybe think about it is like the fact that libido and fertility and stuff like that can be affected by the amount that you're drinking. Um, there there are certain like toxic metabolites, which is essentially just like a, a nasty little thing that goes into your body uh, when you drink, which basically alter testosterone to estrogen in men. So some really heavy drinkers, you will find that there will be a growth of breast tissue, aka man boobs, if you want to call them that. In um, women as well, like we, Obviously, understand that um, estrogen is something that's prevalent in women, but if there's too much estrogen, um, this isn't good either. Um, so, we're adding more estrogen within a woman again, which can affect fertility, it can affect kind of your cycle and stuff like that. And um, there's nothing really positive comes of extra, like too much estrogen, if you've already got baseline enough. Um, increased fat storage, <clears throat> decreased sex drive, which is just the same as libido. Um, there is one study that contradicted this though that said there is some proof that half a glass of beer i think it was like like on one occasion can show acute increases in testosterone so if you're wanting to absolutely go for it on a friday night um then we uh we half pint might do the job um you can try it if you want of i don't think i don't think that works but the evidence seems to tell us that it does. Um, hangovers. Now, this is the bit that everyone wants to know about. Um, what can we do to benefit a hangover? Nothing, unfortunately. Um, now, nah, there's a couple of things you can maybe do. First of all, it's understanding what drinks give you the worst hangover. Like, think about the hangover the only way we can benefit the hangover is before the hangover actually happens. Like when you've got the hangover, there's not a whole lot you can do um, other than just things that make you feel good in general. So one thing that is, um, actually doesn't work for hangovers is eating after you've been drinking. So when you go to the kebab shop after you've had like 10 pints Having that meal after you've been drinking does not actually improve the hangover, which again is something I didn't know until two days ago. I thought, surely having something afterwards will help you with a hangover. Apparently, it doesn't. What does help you with a hangover though is eating before you go out. Again, that's just kind of like you kind of, you probably kind of knew that um, because there's more volume of food in your stomach, aka you're going to soak up some of the drink that you then put into your body. Um, Hair of the dog contrary to popular belief does not work and um, basically the people report benefits of drinking the day after drinking the reason that they they basically find this is because the headache disappears because they basically open up the how would you say it? open up the the blood vessels into the brain so you feel like there's a release and um, but in reality like you're just going to double the, the headache that you get later on it doesn't work um Yeah, what drinks give you the worst hangover? So this was there was one study, it obviously didn't include every single alcoholic drink that there was, but it it outlined a list of one to seven on what would give you the worst hangover. So number one was brandy, number two was whiskey, number three was rum, number four was vodka, number five was beer, number six was gin, and number seven was ethanol-infused orange juice. There's a reason they put ethanol-infused orange juice in there, because ethanol is obviously like the, it's the, essentially a type of alcohol that goes into, that goes into, it's a type of alcohol that goes into alcoholic drinks. It's like just a purer form. And they did this because there's obviously the argument that sugary drinks that you have on a night out affect your hangover. And and apparently this isn't true. Um, sugar, Sugar doesn't have any sort of effect on your hangover, really, other than maybe the way that your teeth feel. Um, and maybe like the actual way that it spikes your insulin but it doesn't directly affect your hangover Um, and that's why they use this like orange juice drink so if I was looking at anything there stick to one drink a night as well is going to be obviously something to be that will benefit you if you can stick to the same thing all night the same mixing spirits and beer and stuff like that obviously is not going to help you much Um, it's not going to help you feel any better a couple of things you can do to make hangovers feel a little bit better electrolytes when you're drinking alcohol, your body, you are obviously sweating, you're losing water, but you're also losing electrolytes. So things like sodium, potassium, um, and all the other kind of electrolytes within your body. So an electrolyte drink, something like Barocca or like the SIS science and sports drinks and um, get some of that in you. Um, and there was another compound that I used, and I think it was maybe just placebo. It was HTP five. I think it was, um, which is kind of just like a oh god, I'm not even gonna try and describe it right now. I thought it helped, but again, it could be very much placebo. Placebo, if placebo works, placebo works. Why not? So what's good about it? What's actually good about drinking and what's positive about positive about drinking? Because it's not all doom and gloom. Like if we didn't have alcohol and we didn't have drinking, what the fuck would we do? Like what would we do in the UK? What would we be doing for, for it would be a pretty boring existence. Um, there's connection, there's fun, there's events. Um, and there's also just not overthinking it too much. I've obviously given you like a, an abundance of negatives there. And, um, and sometimes like when you're having a beer, you don't want to have to think about that. Like, am I going to be sitting um, the next time I'm in the boozer thinking, fucking hell, this drink is literally killing me slowly. And, um, i'm not going to be thinking like that i'm going to be thinking about just enjoying the beer so i don't want you to think too negatively about it but i want you to think about um i want you to think about where you're at right now what's your intake look like um how much are you drinking is there something is there a goal that you've got in your life which relies on you not being foggy not being tired not being like at five out of ten is there a goal in your life or something that you're looking to achieve where you need to be operating at your very highest level? If that is a fact, then alcohol could more than likely be holding you back. Can you now just go from going out every four every every week of the month to going out three weeks of the month? If you're going out three weeks, can you go two? If you're going out two, can you go one? Can you reduce your alcohol intake? Can you Can you take away pointless alcoholic drinks? Now, drinking every single night of the week, Monday to Sunday, I can almost guarantee you right now that this is doing you no favors whatsoever, regardless of how relaxing you find it, regardless of how much it makes you feel kind of temporarily good. I would very much be looking to try and reduce this because you're on a downward spiral. And this is where, unfortunately, I'm just going to be truthfully honest, alcoholism comes from. Um, Because if you're already doing this, you're often perhaps predisposed to and having wanting to drink more so if you don't knock this on the head pretty soon there's a good chance that it will become a really bad habit and, and it'll go all the way into your adult life and that's not just to scare you that's just a, something that i've seen various times before and if you get into the habit of that it very much turns into something that sticks just like if you go for a walk every night or you go to the gym every night and um, that that habit of drinking alcohol can drink every night gives you a little bit of a dopamine spike it makes you feel temporarily happy but all it's doing is raising cortisol and it's making you more stressed and it's reinforcing a habit that's not good for your health um saying that i'm away to get bloated three nights of the week this weekend what a contradictory bastard this guy is that's speaking um it is my pal's wedding as i said at the start so um let me off with this one um hopefully i will not be thinking about my neural pathways once i've had 10 coronas um and that's the thing, enjoy drinking, enjoy drinking when you do it. Um, but always remember the bigger picture. Always remember what it is that you want to achieve with your life. Always remember and have a think to yourself, don't take away. You don't need to take gospel from what I say. You don't need to do as I do. Um, I'm only doing what's best for me and um, do what's best for you. But you might just want to reduce your alcohol intake, just that little tiny bit. Um, and yeah I think we're about there Um, and there's an interesting kind of bit of research that I've done like on sobriety it's like I just I always like asking the question I'd be interested to hear if anyone's got anything to say to me has anyone ever thought about and I'm not planning on doing this anytime soon has anyone ever thought about going sober just seeing what happens like seeing what's possible if they go sober for I don't know a month two months three months six months a year I'd be interested to hear if anyone's actually done it before and if you have would you be able to message me let me know your experience with it Um, i'd like to see how you got on how it felt um were you like did you feel like you were left out of social situations were you able to still enjoy social situations situations um but yeah that's all from me just now hopefully you took away something from that um and you've probably just went and binned all your beers